Welcome to Revival from the Bible, a daily devotional podcast designed to help more people get into God's Word and get more out of the Word. I'm Ben Blakey. It's Monday, August 9th, 2021. Today, we come across a couple passages that really spoke to me as a pastor. And before you turn this off and say, well, I'm not a pastor, so what does this have to do with me? Let me explain why it should matter to you as we think about a pastor's heart. Because if you have a godly pastor, uh, the things that he is going to desire for his church should be the same things that you are desiring if you are a godly congregant. Those desires should be lining up, right? What the pastor should be wanting for his congregation is also what the congregation should be wanting for themselves and for others around them. So really, as we get into the pastoral heart, especially of the Apostle Paul today, we should see for all of us, this is what I should be desiring for others. And this is also what I should be desiring for myself. Like this is the goal that as a pastor, I'm aiming for, for my church. And I would want this to be the goal that my church is also, this is what we want. And so what is that? Let's dig into it as we look at Colossians chapter one, verses 15 through 29. And in verse 28, there is a statement that, you know, many churches will even have plastered on the wall of their buildings because uh, it's for many, it's even they, they use this as a kind of a theme verse for their church. This is the goal. And in verse 28 of Colossians 1, it says, him we proclaim, warning everyone and teaching everyone with all wisdom that we may present everyone mature in Christ. That is the goal. And so you see what what we're doing as a church is him we proclaim. We proclaim Christ. That is what it's all about. And then the goal is then that everyone would be mature in Christ. And he has been talking a lot about Christ. Let's go back to verse 15 where we start our reading today. And it's just um, these verses that are just full of amazing statements about Christ. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation, for by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him, and he is before all things, and in him all things hold together." And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in everything he might be preeminent. For in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross." And then he goes on to describe how because of Christ, they have been reconciled to God and the goal for them is to be holy and blameless and above reproach. So we see even there some of the goals that a pastor should have for his congregation and really that the congregation should have for themselves a desire to be mature in 
Christ. And it helps us see even the goal of our Bible study, the goal of our attendance in church isn't just about knowing things or doing things. It's about knowing someone. It is really about knowing Jesus Christ and then living in such a way that reflects that knowledge of Jesus. And that knowledge isn't necessarily just head knowledge, that knowledge of really an intimate knowledge of Jesus Christ. Christ, because we know this one, this image of the invisible God, the one who created everything by him and for him, the one who is the head of the church, because we know him and he has been proclaimed to us, we are walking in a way that is mature in Christ, walking in a way that is holy and blameless and above reproach before him. So that tells me and spoke to me a lot about what my heart should be as a pastor. But that should also speak a lot to you who, if you're not a pastor listening to this podcast, about what your goal should be. Even as you go to church, it should not be merely, oh, I want to learn new things or tell me what I need to do. Your desire should be, I want to know Christ. I need to understand more of who he is, what he has done. And really, as I see that, That's where I'm going to gain the knowledge that I need to have and even the knowledge of what I need to go and do. Certainly, we don't want to uh, neglect that part about what we should go do as a result of knowing Christ. And you even get that in verse 28, him we proclaim, warning everyone and teaching everyone with all wisdom, right? We need both of those. I think some churches, really, it's just one or the other, where it's just, hey, go do this, do this, do this, and never really a focus on Christ. And then other churches, well, we just want to kind of talk about Jesus, but never really actually get into the implications that that has for our lives. And I think you see both of those things here in verse 28, him we proclaim, we're proclaiming Christ, who he is, what he has done, but then we're warning everyone and teaching everyone with all wisdom. We're really getting into, well, what is the relevance of Christ and how does that impact our lives? And again, that should be the desires of all of us. I want to know Christ more and I want to live that out more. And that should be kind of the goal we're all teaming up around as in, in local churches saying, hey, pastor, tell me more about Christ. Show me more what that means. And that should be what our desires are. And so I hope that it's true of those even listening to this podcast, that our focus is on Jesus and what he has done. And as we focus on him, we are seeing the relevance that that has to our lives to live that out and live in a way that is mature, holy, blameless, and above reproach. So we see that in Colossians. We see kind of another uh, glimpse of a pastoral heart now as we go back to the book of Ezra. And today we look at chapter seven through eight. Now, again, just to give us a little context here as we come back to Ezra, um, this is a book that is now being, uh, the history that's happening here is after the exile. So we read first and second Kings, first and second Chronicles, and it ends with the Babylonians come in, they destroy Jerusalem, the people are taken into exile, and now they're coming back. And in Ezra, the focus has been on building the temple, and that's completed in chapter six. And if you've been keeping score at home, you've noticed that Ezra hasn't been involved in this book so far. Well, now chapter seven, he comes into the picture and we see uh, that he here he was a descendant. It, it says, 
of Aaron. So he must have been a Levite, a priest. It talks about him being a scribe. And now he is going to come from uh, you know exile back to Jerusalem. And his goal is going to be, now that the temple has been built, to teach people the law and what they should do. And you see kind of a theme verse even for the book here in Ezra 7 verse 10. And it said, for Ezra had set his heart to study the law of the Lord and to do it and to teach his statutes and rules in Israel. And so there we see, again, a glimpse of a pastoral heart, three things that he set his heart to do. One, to study the law of the Lord. Second, to do it himself. And then third, to teach it. Now, again, you think of that as those are great desires for a pastor to have, to study the Bible, to do what it says themselves, and then to teach others to know it and to do it. And that's true. But again, I want us to see how, again, that's that should impact every Christian. As you think about um, your own life, should you not be studying the law of God? Should you not be doing what it says? And should you not be teaching it to others? That's true. God has not called everyone to be a pastor or the leader of a ministry or a Bible study or, or whatever it may be. But I think God is calling every Christian to study his word, to do what it says, and to teach it to somebody. I mean, you might not be leading a whole group or a whole church, but is there not somebody that you should be teaching God's word to? I mean, if you're listening to this podcast and you're a parent right there, that there's people that you should be, that God commands you to be teaching the word of God to. Or anybody, we think about evangelism. You, you think about people in your church, how we should still be practicing the one another's and speaking the truth in love to one another. So yes, we might not all have the same level of responsibility in this, but I do think every Christian should be thinking, hey, how can I study the law of the Lord? How can I do what it says? And how can I pass that on to others? And I think even in a healthy church, you're going to get, it's not, it shouldn't be just the pastor doing this. You're going to have a lot of people digging into the word, seeking to do what it says, and seeking to pass that on to somebody else. So again, these are things that really spoke to my heart as a pastor, but I hope you're seeing how they should be speaking to all of our hearts, even into what our desires and our goals should be. Let's look at our last two passages now. Next, let's go to Luke chapter 10, verses 25 through 37. And again, this is a very familiar uh, story that Jesus says of this good Samaritan who, how nobody else will help this man who had been beaten by robbers, uh, the Samaritan does. And you probably have heard, you know, the the story of the cultural situation, how the Jews and the Samaritans didn't get along. And there's so much that we can learn from this passage. But one thing that just stood out to me reading this passage today was just this interaction that Jesus has with this lawyer. And basically, um, the, the lawyer gives a good answer saying, uh, you, you need to love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and love your neighbor as yourself. Uh, so there we, we see Jesus highlight the importance of those things in other passages, but here this lawyer is getting the right answer. What is most important is we got to love God and love others. And Jesus says to him, you have answered correctly, do this and you will live. But then look at the next sentence, verse 29, but he 
desiring to justify himself, said to Jesus, and who is my neighbor? And that's what sets up this familiar story of the Good Samaritan. But the phrase that jumped out to me the most was that those few words, he was desiring to justify himself. That is something. If you're being honest, and if I am being honest, all of us are tempted to do from time to time. And from time to time might even be being generous. It's probably something that we're all tempted to do often. We know the right answer, but we want to justify ourselves. We want to make ourselves look good in front of others. And often, really, we just want to make ourselves look good to ourselves. We want to feel good about where we are. But I don't think that natural desire that we have to justify ourselves really ends up helping us. I think often that ends up stunting our growth because it keeps us from looking to Christ and seeking to grow, and it makes us just content with where we are. So beware today of the ways you're going to be tempted to justify yourself and make excuses for your own actions instead of really seeking God and to grow in Christ-like character. Well, let's end with a short and majestic psalm, Psalm 93 today. And here we get a glimpse into the majesty of God. Uh, Psalm 93 verse 1 says, The Lord reigns. He is robed in majesty. The Lord is robed. He has put on strength as his belt. Yes, the world is established. It shall never be moved. Your throne is established from of old. You are from everlasting. And there we just see that this picture of a majestic God, a regal, kingly God, and that is the God that we are trusting in. And even so much of this language about kingship really brings me back even to Colossians chapter one, where we started and how very similar language is then applied to Jesus Christ, who we know is God. And he is the image of the invisible God. And he is the one that is preeminent in the church. So even as you read the language of Psalm 93, I'd love for you to even specifically connect it to the person of Jesus Christ, that he is the king. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to him, and it is him that we proclaim, and it is him that we desire to know. And that, and that should be the goal of every pastor, and that should be the goal of really every Christian, to know Christ and to be like him. And I hope that encourages us today. Thanks for digging into God's word with me today on Revival from the Bible. For more resources, check out revivalfromthebible.com. To learn more about Compass Bible Church, Treasure Valley, go to compassbible.tv. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you.